Do not fear or panic or be in dread of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to give you the victory. When I first read those verses, I felt this kind of catch in my throat or my stomach. When you go out to war, war, when you're approaching the battle, battle, that's scary to me. And that feeling I felt is a common one, one that probably many of us feel, that feeling of fear. Obviously, the children of Israel were very familiar with this. And who wouldn't be? They were going to go into a land filled with uh, people, enemies that they did not know. Physically, they would have to go fight these people literally. And these people had better resources, bigger armies, and many of them were giants. I would tremble, panic, fear, be in dread of them. And yet God says to them, do not fear. The phrase, fear not, is used more than 80 times in the Bible. And there's other references that use the phrase, do not be afraid, do not fear, be not afraid, more than 30 times. And there are certainly other references where we're told not to worry, which, by the way, is a cousin of fear. So why does God say that phrase to us so often? It's scattered throughout his word. And during Christmas time, you will hear that phrase repeated many times. Because the Lord knows our tendency, that we are prone to be a fearful people. So he says it over and over again. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The reality of fear, his remedy for fear, and our response to fear. One of the beautiful things about our Lord is that he always tells us the truth. And it's the very way that we know he's trustworthy. He tells us honestly what ugliness is within us, how we are wrong, how situations are going to come that we will not like. He tells us that our circumstances will not always be fun or even comfortable. And a lot of the time, I don't like that. And I suspect you don't either. Because I want the sugar-coated version. I want the one where God says, Oh, everything's going to be just fine from this day on. And you'll never have any trouble. But that would not be true. At best, it would be a half-truth. And if God were not the good God that he is, he would leave us unprepared for difficult times that will come. So he tells us honestly that hard things will be ahead, that we will be afraid or discouraged or worried. And so then he assures us that he will sustain us. The reality of fear. Did you notice in that chapter how many times it said, when you go out to war, when you go out to battle, when you draw near to a city to fight against it? Not if you, but when you. And this is not the only time that God speaks to us about the reality of fearful situations. Proverbs 3, 25 and 26 say, Do not be afraid of sudden fear, nor of the onslaught of the wicked when it comes. 
For the Lord will be your confidence and he will keep your foot from being caught. Isaiah 43, 1 and 2 say, But now, says the Lord, your creator, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched. Nor will a flame burn you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. God lets us know that there will be fearful situations which will come to our lives. We have no promises that this will not be so. We will face scenarios where it seems like things are overwhelming, like we don't have enough resources or that the army against us is too big, too powerful, or too numerous. We'll feel outnumbered. We'll be tempted to think that the enemy is too strong and we're helpless. And this causes us to fear and panic. In fact, God knows that we will fear these things, and he addresses all kinds of situations in his word about what we will be fearful about. Psalm 46, 1 through 3 says, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. Doesn't that sound like the recent hurricane? Or an earthquake? God knows we will fear natural disasters. So he addresses that. Psalm 118, 6 through 9 says, The Lord is for me, I will not fear. What can man do to me? It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. God knows that we fear what man can do to us. He can be trusted when men cannot, or even governments cannot be trusted. Matthew 6, 31 through 32 says, Do not be anxious then, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or with what will we clothe ourselves? For all these things the Gentiles eagerly seek. For your heavenly Father knows you need all these things. God knows that we will tend to worry about how to feed our families or ourselves. And perhaps he knows that might come with a loss of a job or income or a change in our marital status, or retirement. He knows these are things we will fear. 1 Peter 3, 14 through 16 says, But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation, and do not be troubled. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account. For the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence, and keep a good conscience, so that in the thing in which you're slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. God knows that we fear persecution. We fear being slandered. And so he addresses that. Psalm 23, 4. 
very familiar to us. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God knows we fear dying, and he addresses that. So what are we to do? What is God's remedy for fear? You ready for this? This is life-changing. It is powerful, and it is God's solution for it. It's profound. Okay, you ready? It was in Deuteronomy 20. It's in verse 1. For the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Verse 4. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to give you the victory. That's it. Now, I know that some of you are thinking, well, Carol, I know the Lord's with me. And it would have been easy for them to say they had a cloud and a pillar. So, you know, that's, that's not a lot of comfort to me to go, okay, the Lord's with me. I mean, I can't exactly be aware of that, you know. Well, let's, let's look at another couple verses that God has in his word. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That sounds like more of the same, Carol. You didn't tell me anything new. But let's look at the verse right before it, Jesus' words. The verse directly before it, Jesus says this. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance All that I said to you. Because Jesus says to us, he'll send the helper. The next verse, he says, peace I give to you. Because you've got that helper. Now, in this context, do you get what Jesus is saying? He said he was going to send the helper. But since Pentecost, if you are a true believer of Christ, you have the Holy Spirit of God indwelling you. You literally, literally have the Spirit of God with you, literally, in any scenario you're walking into. You have God with you, whatever you're facing. That's so much cooler than the children of Israel had. We have God with us, indwelling us, going with us to face all these things we fear. Isn't that awesome? That's just a whole new light to those scriptures to me. And because of that, Joshua 9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now we might think, oh, that's easy for Joshua to say. But the verse right before he said this words was this. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. In this context, God through Joshua's mouth is telling his people that their courage and their strength comes from meditating, being in this word, 
obeying it, doing according to what is written in it. Y'all, this ought to be greatly encouraging to us because God is going with us. He is indwelling us, enabling us to do it. The Holy Spirit is going to bring to our remembrance what God has said. He is going to teach us all things when we don't know what to do. He is going to show us. He's going to lead us. He's going to direct us. He's going to remind us what God is like and what we need. And we do that by meditating, knowing what he's like, knowing what he says, obeying, being careful to obey what he says we should do. These are the keys to walking forward and facing our fears. When we become women of the word, seeking to know the Lord our God, he will reveal himself more and more to us through his word. And by the counsel and guidance of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, he can help us deal with that fear in our lives. So what should be my response to fear then? Psalm 34, 4, 6 and 7 say, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues him. So when we're struggling, what can be our response to fear? We can cry out to the Lord. The Lord is listening. He will hear us and answer. He even has angelic resources at his disposal if he chooses to use them. What other responses can we have when we're afraid? Psalm 42, 5 and 6 says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you within turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you. When we're struggling with fear, another thing that response that we can have is that, oh, in this verse, Psalm 94, when my anxious thoughts multiply within me, thy consolations delight my soul. So when we are fearful, struggling with fear, another response we can have is to consider what God has done in the past to remember all this book of Uh, Deuteronomy, Moses is reminding the people of the things that God has done as well as instructing them about the future. But this is something God does over and over for us. Remember who I am. Remember what I've done. Matthew 6, 33 through 34. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow. For tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. When we're fearful about the future, contemplate eternal things. That's what Matthew 6 says. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, you don't have to be anxious about tomorrow. Remember that all of our life is about God's glory. It's all about him. So we can focus on God's glory, God's kingdom, God's righteous ways, God's purposes, God's plan. Your life and my life as believers are to be lived for his glory as he desires. We are part of his plan. 
The details are his. The plan is his. He has not forgotten or missed a detail. He's not going to procrastinate or let one little thing slip by. We can trust him because we are a part of his plan. As a young girl, I had a very hard time with fear. And I had a lot of terrifying dreams for many years. And this caused me not to go to sleep. I would be afraid. It was a tough battle fighting the fears within me. But it was in those years that I began learning what it meant to trust the Lord. My mother was helpful, but she could not be with me every second. And she could not change the thinking that was going on within my mind. And she could not really know what I really needed. The Lord was the only one who could truly face that with me. And he was the only one who could teach me how to deal with those fears. I had lots of practice in those early years because I was very fearful. But I found the Lord to be my true protector in those early ages. One scripture was particularly helpful. My mom would quote it to me and with me. I will trust and not be afraid. I don't know if this is a translation of Psalm 56.3 or there's a part of Isaiah 12.2 that uses that phrase. But either way, this was the verse that my mom and I would quote and that I would meditate and cling to as I laid in bed praying for the Lord to help me. Over 35 years later, I lay in a hospital bed in Vanderbilt. I was receiving a bone marrow transplant and I was undergoing chemo, a conditioning process which was killing my own bone marrow in preparation for my brother's new blood. The drugs given me during that time and over the next few weeks after the transplant had occurred were highly hallucinogenic. I had been told that it would be very difficult, but I had no idea. Sleep was incredibly difficult when I struggled with the idea that the nurses and my husband were continually trying to kill me. It was a serious battle to try to think clearly because it seemed so real. It was hard not to be terrified. I prayed and begged the Lord to be with me. I reminded myself of the truth that this was his plan and that they were good. And I knew that he was the only one who could help me. No one could truly understand how I felt inside or know the fears that were so seemingly real. All I could remember was that verse which I clung to as a child. I will trust and not be afraid. The very same truths that applied to me as a young child were the same truths that God used to sustain me in those days. The reality is, ladies, that fear will be a temptation for us. We will still have to fight frightening situations throughout our lives. So I want to do one Um, I added this. This was extra (laughs) at the last minute. I want to add one visual. One of the cross-references I had you look up was from 2 Corinthians. And it says, um, chapter 10. Sorry, I had it there. I think it's 3 through 5, isn't it? 
Yes, thank you. Um, We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. This is one of the verses that, that we use to talk about fighting the spiritual war we're having. And in this case, it would be with fear. So I wanted to do an illustration of what that looks like in my life and probably in yours. I get a call from my husband and he says, um, this would be a day's past because he's home now, but he would call and say, hey, we need to talk when I get home. I got a call from the boss. And oh, really, what's it about? Well, well, we'll talk when I get home. So I'd hang up the phone. I'd say, oh, I wonder what that's about. You know, he said last week his boss has kind of been funny with him. He didn't do a very good job in that situation. Wonder if he's in trouble. You know, I bet he is. I bet the boss is mad at him. I bet there's a problem. You know, and he hadn't been feeling real good about these projects he's been doing. So, you know, I bet, I bet they're thinking of cutting him or moving to a different department or, or demoting him. You know, I bet that's what happened. Oh, you know... I'm not sure what he would do if he didn't have this job because, you know, he's getting up there, you know, so I don't know what he'd do instead. And you know what? I, you know, I bet they're downsizing. I bet they're having financial problems. They're going to cut down their, their uh, company and he's going to lose his job. You know what? I better find a job. I, I know I hadn't worked in a long time, but I better get a job because he's going to lose his job. And if he loses his job, how are we going to pay for our things? I don't know how we'll pay this house. We'll have to sell our house. We'll have to sell our car. We'll have to move to an apartment. We'll have to, um, we'll be destitute. We'll be on the streets. We'll be in the homeless shelter down there. What are we going to do then? Oh, no. And you know what? That the government's going to, we can't pay our taxes. Government's going to come against us. They're going to arrest us. And we're for, oh, what are we going to do? And I have to let every fearful thought build up and build a strong wall in me. What am I to do about those fearful things? What has God said? I will never leave you or forsake you. You are mine. I will go with you. Do not fear sudden fear, for I, the Lord your God, am with you. Be strong and courageous. I will never leave you or forsake you. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Take hold of those lofty, vain imaginations and let God rule your thoughts. He knows that fearful times will come. He knows that we're prone to fear. That's the reality. But God's remedy is that he literally gives us the Holy Spirit to indwell us, who will teach us all that we need to know. And he'll remind us of what God has said in the person of Jesus Christ. We need to be women of the word who meditate on it so that we're careful to do what he says. And our response then, we can confidently cry out to him because he's listening. We can consider what he's done in the past and he will do it again. We can contemplate eternal things because his is a good plan. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you know we're fearful people. You know we're so prone to that. 
We thank you that you have given us the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the Holy Spirit. That you let him indwell us, Lord, that you can teach us and guide us and remind us of the truth. What a gift, Father. We are grateful for your word that teaches us who you are. That it is living and powerful and changes us. Father, we thank you for your goodness in giving us these special gifts. We thank you for our our greatest gift of all, our Lord Jesus Christ, and for the salvation he has brought about for us. We are grateful, Lord. May we walk today realizing that we can be strong and courageous because you are with us.